Hey, everybody. So Howie's not here today. So we're just gonna make fun of him. We're just gonna we're just gonna mock him and goof him. He was like, uh, we're still gonna have a great show. We got Phil back. It's well, very difficult getting all four of us in the same room. It's <laughs> even virtually. Well, listen, you know, we, we, we're doing things. We're not just sitting around podcasting, right? I mean, we have it's other podcasts Robin. to do, you know? We have other podcasts to do, exactly. <laughs> we have other things. How was Maine? Maine was good? Maine was fantastic. That is like such a little uh, 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 a jewel up in Maine. It's, uh, it's Mount Desert Island has Acadia National Park. And Bar Harbor, which just is an incredible town. It's got a, it's been around since like the 17 or 1600s. The other side of islands, beautiful. It's got all these mountains. I could have stayed there a month hiking, hiking, biking, running, kayaking. It was just incredible. Took the whole family, uh, watched the sunrise at the top of Cadillac Mountain, which is the highest peak on the East Coast. And the first place you can see the sunrise, it was just incredible. The whole thing was great. Climb bubbles. They have these. They have these mountains called the bubbles. It's two huge mounds. It really should be called breasts, you know, because it's just like these. Like if you look at it in the distance, you're like, I see why it's called bubbles, but it's really just breasts. And uh, it was just the whole thing was great. Uh, ate some lobster roll. Uh, had some good meals. Uh, hung out with the. You fam. ate the bread and everything on the lobster roll. Ate the bread and everything. Of course. Of course. I had some blueberry ice cream, too. I was just telling Riley. We were hiking like 15 miles. We were doing so much hiking. I was just burning. It, it didn't even matter what I had. But I had. they, they produced like 85% of the wild uh, blueberries in the world up there on that island or something. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? So I had, I had this blueberry crumble ice cream. It was insanely good. And I just burned it off the next day. Who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. Uh, so what? So let's get into the charts. Let's get right into the charts. Talk to me. Uh, talk to me about what's what's good. What, what are you looking at, uh, JC? Well, sector rotation continues to dominate. I mean, that's really what it is. You've got a ton of overhead supply in the major indexes. The S and P five hundred and the Nasdaq are stuck below that resistance. It's pretty clear. You want to show that one, Riley? The one with the S and P and the uh, and the Nasdaq. By the way, Riley sure. looks like Beyond sure. Bjorg. Dude, seriously. Riley looks get, like Beyond Borg. I did get that the other day. Did you get that the other day? You look like yeah, I love it. I love that look, dude. He was the man, by the way. He was the man. Uh, JC, where'd you share that to? Um, here, I'll just get it to you right now. Yeah, this to me, this is the chart that tells the whole story. I mean, this you want to know what's going on. This is what's going on, Pearl Dog. I just put it. It's the first chart here uh, on the Google Doc. It's the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ 100 running into this overhead supply uh, during a time when it is uh, the weakest time of the year uh, from a seasonality standpoint. So, you know, I continue to think that the back half of this year is going to be very, very different than the first half of this year, right? Um, you had uh, a lot of growth dominating. You had the major indexes up a ton. You know, everybody talking about how the equally weighted uh, S&P 500 is not keeping up with the NASDAQ and the cap-weighted S&P 500. That's because it was all it was all growth, right, uh, dominating the first half of this year. Now, if you want to go to the seasonality chart, this shows the S&P 500, and uh, we are in the weakest period of the entire cycle, uh, of, of this part of the cycle anyway, 
pre-election years tend to be very good, especially after the midterm elections. Sure enough, stocks were. And that's that period where we're supposed to be weak. So my, you know, sort of uh, guess, right, prognosis, you know, sort of how we were approaching this market was, okay, S&P and the NASDAQ are running into this overhead supply, so wouldn't it make perfect sense for the indexes to struggle during a time that in the indexes are supposed to struggle and you get rotation into some of the other sectors that have much lower weightings in these indexes. Remember, there's a 0% weighting in energy in the NASDAQ 100, only 4% in the S&P 500. You got no materials in either one of those, right? So if, if energy and materials are the ones catching the biggest bid, which by the way, energy has been, materials a little bit too, coal stocks are absolutely ripping, none of those are big enough to make any kind of dent at all in a growth-heavy, tech-heavy index. Uh, so again, back half of the year, very different than the first half. Indexes are probably going to churn, maybe up a little, maybe down a little, mostly sideways, but huge winners underneath the surface. And that was what I thought was what was going to happen. And so far, we're seeing that. And how about industrials? Where do you put that in there? Part of that rotation. Remember, industrials were the biggest leader off the lows last summer. In the back half of last year, industrials were the leaders. And industrials just closed the month at new all-time highs. So industrials are, are not, not the leaders, right? Uh, you've got a little bit more exposure in industrials in the S&P 500, maybe closer to 8% or something like that. It's not the zero or 2% that materials is or 4% in energy. you got a little more industrials, but nowhere near the exposure that other countries around the world have to industrials, particularly in Europe. You know, areas like France and Denmark, you know, 20, 30 percent of their indexes are industrials. So very, very different in the United States. In the Nasdaq, you got like two percent industrials. So even in the Nasdaq, you don't have it. So I think that's part of the cyclical rotation, which kind of points to higher rates, don't it? You know, why don't you go to the, the poll that I put out on Twitter? Uh, the U.S. 10 year yield right now is sitting around four percent. So the question was, what do we see first, five and a quarter or 275? It was pretty split for most of the vote. Uh, most most investors really can't put their finger on the direction of rates. Like, I want to say higher, uh, but I, I'm not sitting with much conviction. And it's less about, you know, maybe we don't want to buy bonds. Uh, maybe we don't necessarily want to short bonds, but we probably don't want to buy them either, right? It's kind of like just staying away, and I'm using this information to sort of make me help me make better decisions in the stock market and. Rates are going higher than those cyclical trades are probably going to keep working. Energy, financials, industrials, materials, right? Not tech. JC, what would you say is the, the chart of the week that you're looking at this week? I mean, I know the most interesting it. chart in the world. We're going to start. We're going to go back to that. We're not going to forget that anymore because we had that one week. People loved it. And then all of a sudden we were like, well, you know, we forgot about it. So what is the most interesting chart in the world? Well, the one that sort of defines the current market environment the best that tells the story of the the mess that is the stock market right now and for the foreseeable future is the Q's S&P right like that's as clear as it gets like if you're wondering why the markets are a mess it's because seasonally they're supposed to be a mess historically speaking and they're also running into overhead supply so if markets were not a mess that would actually be incredibly unusual and very very weird so uh, I think that this has to be the most important chart. Now, what is the chart that's going to make us the most money? Some might argue that that would technically be the most important chart because that's what we're trying to do as investors at the end of the day is make money. 
And that's the marathon riot situation. Because contrary to popular belief, Mr. Phil Perlman, owning Bitcoin in an environment that cryptos are rallying and Bitcoin is doing well, owning Bitcoin is, is, is one of the best ways to underperform in that environment, as a matter of fact. You want to get the best bang for your buck rather than dropping dirty large on a Bitcoin. You could, you could spend 15, 16 bucks on one of the Bitcoin miners and they're not just cheap in terms of price like the Y-axis is cheap, but these are two, $3 billion companies. These are nothing burgers. So, so, you're, you know, so you're really talking about beta within the sector, right? So we have a crypto sector and then you have something that's high beta relative to one beta. And so you're talking about this. So put that, put those charts back up. I just want to see those again. So just for the record, uh, so marathon, you're leveraging. You're able to leverage without leveraging, basically, if you're bullish, bullish Bitcoin here. Is that what you're funny, kind of saying? Fun, funny, you should ask. So, um, uh, Marathon has an actual beta of five. Okay, just to be clear, and uh, Riot's got a beta of five and a quarter. That's a beta relative to the S and P five hundred. Uh, I haven't done the exact math uh, on against Bitcoin, but I've done some back of the napkin. It's like a three to one, four to one uh, ish, you know, th three to one, you know, Bitcoin's up a percent, percent and a half. These things are a five, six percent. Right. So you're getting a three to one, four to one sort of move. And then on top of that, Marathon has a ton of open interest in those January 30 calls, ton of open interest, like an unusual amount. In fact, the 25 Delta is up near 30. So you've got a ton of open interest at a double from here that expires in, in a little over four months. Uh, so I own those. Beautiful. Go. So talk about beta on beta on beta. And so are we, are we, are we above, we're not above 31,000 yet though. But, but so what do you see that's bullish about that complex uh, from a, from a, from, from sort of the, uh, the underlying point of view? Yeah, you know, a lot of these Bitcoin moves tend to start out with a shakeout. Uh, I've got some P&L because in June we nailed this trade. Even without Bitcoin breaking out, Marathon did very well. So did Ryan, so did the others. I specifically was in Marathon. I know Sean and Straza, they were in some Riot and, and some Coinbase as well. I, I made my bucks on Marathon. So I've got some P&L. So I started dipping my toe in a little bit earlier than I probably w would normally. I'd rather, usually I like to wait for the breakout, but this shakeout that we got over the last couple of days kind of got my attention. And, um, you know, if we can really stick this 16, and today it failed again uh, down, uh, down a dime, you know, kind of a flat day and a down tape, Bitcoin down, marathon flat, you know, not the end of the world. But I really want to see these things get going soon to confirm that this was in fact a shakeout. And if Marathon can hold that 16 level, I'm going to be adding to positions, putting on real size, because I've got some, but not, not as much as I want, uh, put on some real size, and maybe even add to positions above 20. Uh, but it's got to get going soon. Got to get going soon. Uh, Perlman, this, I mean, this could be a 10, 15, 20 bagger, potentially. Uh, JC, are you still looking at Bitcoin 31,000 for the uh, house levering move? Yes. That's right. That's right. Um, and however, using Marathon as the vehicle to express that thesis. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I do think this shakeout in Bitcoin was interesting, though, because 
in the in the few ones that we've seen in the past they're like that sharp down move and then you'll get that rally but this was just such a monotonous just like churn and then you we haven't seen it some... you haven't seen it stick it though you haven't yeah you know it's like porn you know it when you see it you know we haven't seen it yet you'll know you'll so you know. watch I mean, it, a, you... a, a massive massive move through 31 though like that's that's that confirmation that you're looking for. you'll know yeah. what are you saying pearls so what else is uh what else is in play this week? What else are you looking at? I energy. saw you have that Apple chart. Go ahead, energy. Go ahead. Yeah, I was, yeah, uh, I was showing the Apple chart just to show you what a hot mess Apple is and, and how long it's going to take for that to, to, to fix itself, right? That's, that's going to be a problem weighing on tech for the foreseeable future. And if tech is, is, is heavy, uh, the indexes that have a ton of tech are going to have a hard time going up, right? So I can, you know, further evidence, right? We're just getting this evidence now. Uh, but further evidence that the back half of the year is going to look very different than the first half. The indexes are going to have a hard time progressing, but there's going to be monster winners underneath the surface. Uh, and I think energy is another one of those, man. Uh, look at crude oil up a percent and a half. Natural gas up almost 7%. Uh, this is Pioneer PXD. This is an interesting one. I personally own Chevron. I added to those positions this week uh, on the Chevron because it's already been working. I got a nice initial entry point. Uh, and healthcare, like we discussed last week, you know, th those are really those are really my positions. Like some energy, some healthcare, and uh, I'm looking to really flip the book long on on these uh, on these Bitcoin miners if, if Bitcoin can stick the landing and get going. That's 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 how I'm seeing things, right? A lot of cash, Pearl Dog. A lot of cash. Um, looking to put more money to work. Probably buy more energy, and if these crypto miners get going, uh, buy a ton of those. JC, how, how has your sentiment shifted since the last few weeks? Because I know we kind of went from cautious or bullish to cautious. Are, are you still kind of on the fence of cautious back to bullish? It depends on what we're talking about. Like in the major indexes, there's nothing really bullish going on. And there's every reason in the world to be cautious. Like if you trade the NASDAQ 100 index, if you trade the Qs, you trade the SPIs, like, and that's what you call the market. Yeah, I think you could be incredibly cautious now. Within that, underneath the surface, I think there are tremendous opportunities to the long side, like I said, in some of these areas that don't have much uh, or any weighting at all in, the, in those indexes. So, you know, when you hear it's a stock picker's market, uh, I think that this is what they're talking about. And it's not just a stock picker's market. It's more of like a sector, uh, sector picker's market. I think you can also add to that. Beautiful. I, you know, I just want to talk about that. That question was a great one, Riley. And so one thing that I want to talk about today within the context of UJC and within the context of health uh, relates to flexibility, right? So I saw somebody busting your balls on Twitter about you changing your, your point of view. And I always think of that old quote. Nobody really knows who said it, uh, but it was like, uh, you know, when, when, when the facts change, I change my uh, opinion. What do you do, good sir? And, and um, uh, people think that if you change your opinion, people have this false belief that if you change your opinion, that that's some, 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 somehow bad. And, that, that, and so I see people busting you all the time about that. And in reality, I just want to say, hey, dude, you know, like, like I, I never respond to those people, but I just want to say, hey, you know, you really ought to look in the mirror because you're rigid. Flexibility is not the problem. Flexibility is a beautiful thing. So I just want to talk about flexibility really quickly. 
across different modes because this is not just about markets. Um, this is also about health, right? And what you're talking about and what we're talking about here is how you change your point of view. That's something called cognitive flexibility, right? Our, our ability to change our thinking depending on anything. Could be depending on the facts or data. It could be depending on what's best for us. It could be depending on anything. But when we change our point of view or we change our opinion, change our thinking, cognitive flexibility is a great thing. Usually when we think of, and by the way, all the flexibilities are fantastic. So all of these different modes of flexibility I'm talking about now are really, really healthy and, and fantastic for us, regardless of the mode that we're talking about. So the other one, the one that we usually think about when we think about flexibility is sort of a physical flexibility or kinesthetic or muscular, musculoskeletal flexibility. And that is, our, you know, how bendy we are, you know, like Simone Biles doing the doing the flip off the balance beam or whatever. And when you think about that, that's like the common one. That's also fantastic, especially as we age. So the more that we're able to bend, the more we're able to move with some elasticity, with some smoothness, uh, to our movement, that is incredibly healthy uh, for us, especially as we age. It's also uh, uh, in, uh, related to our stability, like how firm we are, how grounded we are, how able we're able to, you know, how, how, how much we're able to um, rebalance ourselves if we lose our balance or we get pushed or we fall off a thing or whatever, you know, how unlikely we are to injure ourselves. And as we age, that gets more and more important because our ability to recover from injury slows as we age. And you see people, you know, people who are frail, people who lack that stability factor have a tendency to die. Uh, you know, their all-cause mortality increases as their uh, stability decreases. The other and final type of flexibility I want to talk about, and this one is huge, and this one I want to talk to, you know, people out there who are watching this, who may be, you know, 40 or older and have been very successful financially, um, but who are letting themselves go, who've gained weight, who are not moving their bodies as much as they maybe used to when they were younger, they're starting to have to take different types of medications, whether it's blood pressure medication and the like. This is identity flexibility. And we never think about this one. I, this is the one I love because we have this capacity to be able to change who we are, to change how we think about ourselves when we think about ourselves, when we think about our self-concept and who we are. We could go from being able to say that, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm, 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 I'm an overweight person and I'm, I really don't move my body that much to, hey, I'm a healthy person, I'm an athlete, I'm a good eater. We have that capacity. We could be 50 years old, we could be 60 years old, and we could say that to ourselves about ourselves and actually shift or have flexibility in who we are. So I encourage everybody, you know, at any level, if you're a market participant, it might be that cognitive flexibility you want to be thinking about working on. Um, if we're uh, aging and we haven't been moving, it might be both that physical kinesthetic flexibility, muscular flexibility, and that identity. Maybe we have some work to do in that part that we have to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a little, I, I need to shift who I, who I am, how I'm thinking about myself. Okay, ramped up. 
We also had to use flexibility today to tape the podcast without Howard and make it work. I don't know how we're yeah. making it work. It's insane. We are we are very talented. <laughs> you know, before his flight was late today, one thing I wanted to say to him, I'll get to him next week about it, but he's been going uh, low carb recently. And I could already tell. Like, I could already tell in his in the way he appears. Uh, it hasn't even been that long, but it already makes a difference. Uh, you know, people tell me all the time, hey, I, I started eating low carb or I stopped drinking um, or I, I cut out. Somebody told me this morning I cut out processed foods and I've been eating more, you know, fruits and vegetables. People change like that. We are so we have such a capacity, an adaptive capacity, one week, two weeks, three weeks, a month of doing something that's more healthy. And our, our energy can change. Our ability to focus can change. Our, uh, our ability to, um, you know, our mood can change. Just even in that short t- t- time frame, it's amazing how, how adaptive we are. Can we, uh, can, can we talk about uh, Big Bubba? <laughs> can we talk about Big Bubba? 6'5", 455 pounds. <laughs> Freshman. Do we have that? Can we pull that up? Yeah, Can I just we pull dropped that it in the dock. I just dropped it in the dock. Big Bubba coming in at 455, not on the Perlman program. Freshman, right? 18, Freshman, 19 years old. Dude. Can you pull that up? Where is he playing? Can you pull that up, Riley? Can you get that up? He's from Dallas, this kid. I wonder how he moves. Maybe he can move. You know, maybe uh, you, For sure he moves. Are you kidding right. me? Definitely. Jeez. Look at this guy. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, it's incredible. It's a big boy. You could see us moving in that direction. Like in ten years, you know, there could be there could be offensive lines that have like three or four of those guys, you know? Let's let's be serious, Perlman. That can't be healthy, man. Four hundred and fifty five pounds, dude? Freshman? No. No, it's not healthy. It's not, it's not healthy. healthy dude. It's not healthy, but I will say this. Is he about that, to get say, is he gonna get paid? Number one, he's going to get paid. Fair point. Number two, let's say he goes on, right? Let's say he goes on to have a great career, right? He plays at TCU. He gets drafted, has a pro career, plays eight, ten years in the NFL, gets paid, as you would say. And then he's young enough that his body can probably, and he's probably metabolic, you know, he he probably is, uh, 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 you know, has enough, uh, of a wind, you know, like his breathing, like he's, he's, his aerobic capacity is probably high enough that he could probably, and he's young enough, he'd probably get away with it for 10, 15 years. You know what I mean? So if he's and then 35. Drop down to two, then drop down to 250 something, 245 jacked. Yeah, so let's say he plays till he's 30, 31, 32 years old, and then he retires, and then he has some really good, you know, he, 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 he acts very wisely or he has some great mentoring and he leans himself out. He's never going to be 175. He's never going to be 172. But he gets himself down and he maintains, you know, a high uh, uh, level of muscle mass. Um, but his lean muscle mass as a percentage of his total body weight really increases. So in other words, he loses a lot of fat, maintains some of that muscle mass. And he maintains his aerobic capacity, his ability to process oxygen as he takes it in. You know, he could, he could, he'd be fine. 
you know, 35, let's say he's 35 years old and he gets himself, he leans himself down after a great pro career, he could be totally fine and like never have to worry about, you know. Something uh, happens to uh, one of those knees and he can't exercise. He's done though. Uh, it'll be, it'll be more a matter of nutrition than it is exercise, but yes, you have a point. I mean, it's like probably 80% nutrition. Listen, at the end of the day, not hating, we're all rooting for you, Brion. Brion Brooks, a.k.a. Big Bubba, coming in at 6'5", 455 pounds, true freshman uh, for the TCU Horned Frogs. Bill, if you were a TCU, if you were a TCU uh, coach, what would what would your recommendation be to him to get him in game shape? Because I mean, he's already an athlete. Like, if he's playing at TCU, like he's not just like stationary. Like, I think that he, you know he's got to learn how to play the position on a college level. That's number one. You know, because but there's like you know a, you're stepping like up a, a class. Okay. Number two, mobility. You know, I mean, if this guy, you know, he's doing all of these kind of like, uh, um, you know, drills and stuff, drills and stuff, and he's moving lateral movement and all that kind of thing, and doing like the, you know, the ladder and doing that stuff. If he's doing all those kinds of drills and they're really working him there, and he is highly mobile in that way. And he's at that size, and he learns to play his position. I mean, I think that's what it is. I think you're gonna, you also have to do some type of assessment in terms of what his muscle mass is relative to his size. Because, yeah, you're big, and yeah, if you can position yourself and do the whole sumo thing, that's going to help. But you, need the, you, you also need the muscle. I mean, at the end of the day, in the third and the fourth quarter, you need the aerobic and you need the the muscle uh, to have the stamina. So those those are the multiple things I'd be focused on. That said, I don't know what I, I'm just riffing here because that is not my, you know, no, that no, is such was, an outlier. I don't even know what to tell you. You know, I was the question I was asking was getting towards the the muscle mass thing, like you touched on, like so you so you can hit it on the making sure there's ways they can test that that they make sure uh, you know his muscle mass is. You know, that there's all that muscle under there. There's not just all this fat. Yeah. Pearl Dog, I got a question for you. How many avocados can I eat a day? You can eat unlimited avocados. Yeah? Avocados are fantastic for you. They're very they're, filling. They're, they're satiating, like you just said. They're filling. They're super healthy. I mean, if you're eating animal protein and avocados all day long and nothing else, you're going to be healthy as hell. It's unbelievable. You know, if you're eating, if you're eating steak and avocados and that's all you're eating, you're going to be healthy. And listen, save me your hate. If anybody wants to hate me, you can email me at pperlman at gmail.com. You can hit me on Twitter, whatever, but I'm just going to mock you and ignore you. Talk to me about passion. I get a lot of hate about that. Talk to me about passion fruit. Passion fruit. I'm less bullish on uh, high sugar content. So it's really just, you know, it's sugary. It's better than Doritos. It's better than Cheetos. Um, but there's so but little. You have a couple of passion fruits, it's not going to kill you. Very high acid. You. If, if you're very active, it's not going to kill you. It's better, like I said, it's better than Cheetos. It's better than Funyuns. Not as good as bell peppers. Not as good as avocado. Um, but if you're going to have, you know, if you're going to have a little passion fruit here or there, I love watermelon. 
and it's August. Um, so, you know, I'm eating watermelon, sorry, whatever. And it's, you know, that's delicious. And it, it's all, you know, it's all, all kinds of antioxidants and, you know, all that stuff. It's not going to kill you. It won't kill you. Not going to kill you. Not going to kill you. A little bit better than Cheetos. Much better than any kind of high processed food. Much better than Tasty Cakes. Much better than Cheetos. Much better than freaking Mountain Dew. Uh, can we get know, can so. we get a can we get a food uh, a comment from uh, about Asia from Riley? Not not much of the Perlman program out in Asia, it? huh? Uh, not too. I mean, I tried to stay pretty healthy. I'm also not the most diverse person when it comes to food. So when they like started bringing out like the octopus tentacles, uh, I mean, I tried one, but I wasn't going back for seconds. Um, I did like the pig face in Manila, though. Um, Nikki yeah, the pig Yu. cheeks. Of course. Yeah, shout out Nikki New, Nikki Yu. But that was like, yeah. she was saying that's a breakfast delicacy. And like, I could see it. They had eggs, Perlman program, pig face, and uh, some rice. That's all Perlman so. program. Pig face would, and uh, eggs. It was good. Pig cheeks, delicious. Very yeah, healthy. The ears are mad good, too. Everybody's, yeah. all I mean, of it, every I, part I of the like pig is delicious. I feel like they should come up with a different name. Like, lie to me. Don't tell me it's pig face. And and I probably wouldn't even think. What about the couch with the cow cheeks also, and the fish too? You eat the, the cheeks of the fish also. Like the the cheeks are always all the animals so delicious. Yeah, I'm a little. It's like the chefs, you know, <laughs> when you make the bronzino, you take a little spoon, you pull the cheek out, and just eat that for the chef. Okay. The the, uh, the, the cheeks the, beef the cheeks in Japan in... though was the best. That was what? my favorite. The beef what? in Japan, the wagyu. The beef in Japan. All right. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Obvious. That's that's the Colorado. That's Perlman program. Oh, oh absolutely. And total Perlman program and unbelievably delicious. So He's Japanese, man. They don't mess around. They don't. You know, the fish cheeks have some of the healthiest fat in the universe in there. I mean, you're getting, like, you, you, you know, what's Is the healthiest like a fat? a normal fish and you just cut out their cheeks or what's the... Yeah, there's like a little piece like right here. You don't cut them out. Just take a spoon and just like, just fish it out. Fish it out. Yeah, like, like right here on both sides. All right, you might you know, like you're gonna take the hat off, right? Because you're gonna, right? Like if you make the whole fish, mm-hmm. you know, I always ask my wife if she wants it. She says no. I'm like, all right, suit yourself. Double for, for you. You know, that's the move. Get the bronzito. Get a nice sea bass. Throw that in the broiler. Some garlic, lemon. You know, maybe some uh, some thyme. Maybe you know, some thyme. Maybe a little rosemary. Finish it off with some lemon on top. You gotta right? forget, you get, JC. You're talking to a landlocked kid. You know, fish, fish in general. I mean, we had rainbow trout, but maybe a little salmon. We didn't eat a lot of fish in Colorado. Um, where's, where's the ocean? Well, it doesn't matter. The fish, are you kidding me? You know what year this is? Like they send the fish. Like you can, you can get it. There's I know, but I'd called... rather go eat the cow that my neighbor just butchered. Yeah, but there's there's this these morning. things called grocery stores. I don't know if you have grocery stores in uh, in Colorado, but it's fascinating. You go in there, you get all kinds of stuff. You can get your Cheetos, you can get your fish, <laughs> right? You can get your Mountain Funyuns, Dew. right, Perlman? Or you can get your animal protein. There's something for everybody. I prefer you know, I remember one time I was in the uh, local butcher. That's just me, though. Ahead, what was man. your favorite part of being over there? Like, how many, how many, how many cities did you hit yeah. while you were in Asia? Uh, five countries in just under three weeks. So I joined those guys in Ho Chi Minh in Vietnam. Um, favorite part was probably just like the inherent kindness and hospitality from everyone. 
And I don't know if that was because we were like American tourists and so they were just trying to kind of appeal to us. But just like it seemed across the board, whether we went into a restaurant, whether we went into a museum, like anything we would do, we would just treat, treat it with the utmost respect. Um, That's cool to hear. Love that. It was really Love that cool. answer. It was really cool because then like as soon as I got back to the United States, you could just tell everyone was angst. angst yeah, and that wasn't even New York. Imp- yeah. In the Seattle airport, there were just people impatient for having to wait in line to get a coffee, and you're just like, oh, I miss that, that, that sounds about right. What? Uh, how come you guys love Manila so much? These guys loved Manila. Um, I I just probably went into it with zero expectations. So going in without any expectations, like, and the fact we had Nikki Yu, like Nikki that Yu, was she, she had a kid like a week later. I know. Shout out! She Nikki was very Yu. pregnant. She was. She was she was very pregnant. Um, but like being able, able to have her kind of take us around and guide us around and, and whatnot was a tremendous help. So I don't know if we would have the same response about Manila if it wasn't for Nikki. Shout but out Nikki you. Uh, I know Nikki you well for many years. Morgan does too. She showed us around, showed us a yeah. good time uh, back in the day. We uh, you, uh, were you surprised at just how many 7-Elevens there were out there? <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I, I heard about it though. You had told us about it multiple times. So many seven elevens. Um, if you hadn't told us though, I don't know if I would have noticed it. I mean, maybe. But they're incognito seven elevens. Yeah. Uh, all right, Pearl dog. I will see you in California, uh, a month from now, actually. And, um, it's going to be dope. You guys uh, bring in the crew, Shawnee, future proof. Johnny yeah, we're going Roger. to Future Proof, and if you're not if you're if if you're not aware of that or signed up, check it out. Should be an incredible time. Last year it was. It's outdoors on the beach. A lot of great people out there. I think the the music scene is going to be crazy too. How much Me- Method Man and Red Man are you listening to these days, Pearl Dog? Zero, to be honest. Yeah, with you. but still, seeing that live would be fantastic. Not even like yeah, a little something. bit. Dude, I'm more like a like. If you're talking about hip hop, I'm more sort of tribe called Quest de la Soul. Okay, okay, that's all right. You know, I I do know. All right, I see you. A little more jazzy, a little jazzy, a little bit more like a exactly. Yeah, exactly. Rhythm and blues instead of you know Staten Island guys uh, screaming about marijuana. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I like it. All right, guys, I gotta hop. I got some uh, chicken to grill. Program. Enjoy. Beautiful. Enjoy that. Adios, guys. Later.